Witches and mortals seldom do mix, but when mixed marriage is on the cards, insanity pursues with the classic 60s sitcom Bewitch, with your co-hosts, Vicky Ray, Rod Labby, and Keith Chandler. Witches have never been so exposed before. Hello, welcome to Literary License Podcast, and today we're doing Bewitched Season 1, Episodes 21 to 24. And before we start, let's find out who's with us. We got Jesse Fultz. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? How are you, Jess? Yeah. (laughs) Great. And moving on from lethargic Jesse, we have Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. How are you? Hello, everybody. I'm just all happy and peppy. That's probably because it's nine degrees in Dallas. It's like got to do something to keep yourself warm. Uh, well, now we got to go to Tulsa because Asher's got a national up there. And so after we're done here, we're going to brave the snowstorm of three to six inches, Keith. <laughs> It's like oh, it's gonna God. be. It's gonna. It's three to six inches. It's going to be a blinding, life endangering storm. We grew up with like four feet in one night. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, um, I'm good. And myself, um, yeah. This is Keishago, and I guess we'll find out what we're gonna, what we've been up to. And let's start out with Vicky. Vicky, what have you been up to besides what you're going to do? <laughs> it's like, yes, just come to my house and break in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, th- you totally threw me off there. <laughs> Where are we? Where well, are we? it's because I haven't had enough coffee this morning. I ran out of my Freddy Krueger blend. Mm-hmm. but uh no haven't been up too much it's been really cold here we've been kind of stuck because it's been kind of iced in and anybody can't you can drive in snow but you can't drive in ice and fort worth had 135 pile car pile up on the highway and people did die it's kind of sad but geez they were going fast but other than that i finished watching the stand and i really liked it the last episode i'm trying to figure out but i'm gonna have to go read like part of the last of the stand because I don't remember it ending that way well I think Stephen King wrote an extra coda to it apparently really because I don't remember it happening that way and I won't Mm. say because I know people are still probably watching it but Mm. and then I watched Alice in Borderland because Keith suggested it totally loved it but that was Japanese that was Japanese film on Netflix that was excellent and then I watched Sweet Home Uh, was that on Netflix too yeah that's on Netflix. Netflix. As well, yeah. That was awesome. I mean, I'm really on a Korean horror kick. I love them guys. They have got some of the best horror coming out an in independent film. It's like, I don't even, Hollywood's okay, I guess. They don't have anything. What's the word? <laughs> What's the word I want to use that they don't have anything coming out that's original anymore? Yeah. They're trying to do yeah. reboot after. Well, it's because, it's because Hollywood's formulaic and I feel like international. Um, studios are trying to do more experimental things maybe they're not as predictable but there's I also there. think it's not all, it's, but, but it's also not all about the money isn't it exactly. it's, about the, it's about the passion of it and yeah like and, and it shows, it shows. i will say i watched one movie probably because the archaeologist did me one i watched the dig and that was okay. on netflix and I, it was really it wasn't like a horror movie i but i but i kind of dialed it back from 11 and watched a normal movie, but it was really good. <laughs> it was really, really good. So if anybody wants to dial it back, that was a good one to watch. What about y'all? What about you, Jess? What are you even up to? 
Well, I finally got my website published. Go to amalgamationstudios.com and check out all my work. (laughs) All my artist posts there, and I'm currently looking for clients. (laughs) Give me work, please. Um, Starving artists. Yeah, and I've been doing school, uh, taking art studies, so that's always fun. Uh, It's all at home right now, so... uh, that's where I'm doing it, I guess. I got my own laptop to work from. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all I've been doing is <laughs> working on art stuff and uh, my school so far. It's I, I did go see um, a friend's baby that was just born. And that was that was fun. <laughs> that was uh, boring. Yeah. Was it cute or no? Yeah, I said it was fun. It was fun. No, it was a cute baby. She's uh, her name's Coraline after the character from uh, oh, that Neil Gaiman. Uh, movie. Which movie? Coraline. I don't. Oh, it's a stop, seriously, it's a stop motion um on film that was done yeah. by the same people who did Nightmare Before Christmas and James oh, and Giant. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so it, it looks like a Tim Burton movie, but it's not. You're not the only one that's dragging ass today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the cold weather. It's freaking cold in Dallas. I yeah. just thought, we're not used to it down here anymore. I'm not used to it anymore. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, myself, um, I finished watching Sweet Home, which I loved. I also, I also finished watching. Um, Isaac had me watch this um, anime series called Tokyo Ghoul, which I finished watching that. Which is good. I'm not as good as Sweet Home. Um, I also watched a Russian one called Not of Us about androids, which was excellent. So I've been watching hmm. a lot of foreign stuff. I watched some, a couple of Swedish films, which are really good. I won't pronounce. I can't tell you what the what <laughs> they are because they were like the Swedish title, and I'm just going to sound like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. So it's probably not a <laughs> good thing, and I'll probably just offend people. Um, and um, yeah, I'm working a lot. A lot of work so but um besides that yeah that's it really my life's not that exciting keeping warm bloody freezing sort of well, thing. It's temperature over across the pond um minus two celsius yeah uh, just two degrees celsius below freezing so i guess that probably the equivalent of 28 degrees yeah it's cold cold here i know that so i mean i probably got the in my phone, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I only got it's 24 here. here. Okay. It's probably about that degree. Much. It's probably about that that here. And it's winter's been snowing. Gone. It's been snowing here and blah de da. But I mean it doesn't stick, so surprisingly enough, everything's still open here. Because normally it's like a flight flies, flies down and everything closes down, but no, they're keeping running. So and besides that, um, COVID's getting better here, so that's okay. Oh, so hopefully I'll be back to my full-time job soon without having to deal with that. And been teaching Army guys stuff about data protection, which is always fun. <laughs> Army guys. We got the Army here at the moment um, helping out with the health service because we're overburdened. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. So, but besides that, yeah, life just goes on. Just makes you want to poly water do all the day. Yay. I so, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I guess this now brings us to Bewitch. And our first episode is episode 21 called Ling Ling. Knowing that Darren needs a new model for a campaign, Samantha turns a stray Siamese cat into an attractive woman named Ling Ling, played by Greta Chi. (laughs) But the appearance of Ling Ling, who knows she's a cat and brings these cat sensibilities to her human life, is unintended consequences, most specifically that the agency's up-and-coming photographer, Wally, played by Jeremy Slate, starts to fall in love with her. Ling Ling, in turn, likes the attention she's receiving from Wally as opposed to the life of a cat. Samantha has to figure out how to tell Darren the truth about Ling Ling, while she and Darren try to persuade Wally that Ling Ling is not the right woman for him. So, Jesse, what do you think about Ling Ling? I love this episode. It was so funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the, The one scene that sticks out to me the most was when Gladys was outside after she put out, uh, a saucer of milk because she felt bad for blaming the cat for eating her bird earlier and then <laughs> she looks and sees Ling Ling in her human form drinking milk and then she goes to fetch Abner and Abner comes back and of course as per the usual she, uh, she he sees her as the cat and so she has yeah, his, her a, bottle uh, and know, her, her bottle. spoonful of medicine yeah. yeah I wonder yeah. what he's giving her <laughs> uh I know there's no indication of what it is. Maybe it's just, you know, hardcore molasses or something, but I, I don't know what it could possibly I think it's alcohol. be. Like what medicine comes in it? it really? Well, yeah. I mean, then. most medicines I think then were alcohol based. Yeah. You know, like the Lucy episode, you know, when she drinks that and gets all, you know, Might drunk from it. So. <laughs> yeah. Might have eaten a vegetable. <laughs> Because in a late and one of the other episodes that we'll cover later, the last one that we cover. Oh, yeah. He this does was, give this was another and, episode. And, 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 and she, and she's swinging out. She's swigging out of that bottle, <laughs> and then she's, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. she's like really happy she's and smiling. So <laughs> she's getting so used to it. She has to just to function in her marriage and whatever. But this was like how many episodes with that Siamese cat? Because I'm pretty sure it's the same Siamese cat that we've seen in prior episodes that we've already covered. Right. Yeah, I think it, it was the be, one on the boat as well. These cats wasn't it? are just rambunctious, yeah. mean little shits too. You know, I've never met a Siamese cat that was really friendly. It might, it's lucky if the owner is liked at this point, you know? Well, I quite like this Siamese cat because the Siamese cat was like quite a butch Siamese cat because normally they're like thin and wiry, aren't they? Yeah. This one's quite meaty. Like what, what was that? Was it the Dalmatians? What, which one was what, with the, we are Siamese? Oh, that's um, Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp, yeah. Which I, apparently you can't, they can't use that song anymore because it offends somebody. Yeah, no, you can't yeah. even watch Disney anymore if you're seven and under without a parent, at least over here. You get, yeah, we're fine <laughs> in this country for now. It's, it's up there with Caligula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's getting real. <laughs> well, you know, well, I see the house fly. <laughs> I see an elephant fly. <laughs> I I'm offended. <laughs> I love the blackbirds. They were the best part. Uh, the crows. <laughs> I heard a rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> I seen a railroad railroad tie. <laughs> anyway, we probably could get banned off Spotify or YouTube soon. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna get canceled. Canceled. We already know it. <laughs> so, um, Vicky, what are your thoughts about Ling Ling? <laughs> Me. Mm-hmm. Ling Ling, I thought she was a riot. But, I mean, I'm just kind of surprised that Samantha's always not supposed to be doing magic. So she incorporates, she makes this cat into a female, but to 
was it the jewel of the what, what jewel was that jewel of the east jewel of the east so they need a pretty you know woman to but i mean what was what were they supposed to do take pictures of her and she was supposed to disappear after the fact I mean, wasn't she going to yeah, say They never even showed the results of the campaign, which usually they do. That would be like the end of the episode. I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to see what the actual turnout was. Yeah. But I mean, she falls for that. Well, she doesn't fall for that guy. Actually, she's all excited about champagne and eating sardines because, you know, she, yeah. she, she was eating those hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and they were sardines. And she wanted, mm-hmm. I guess Darren gave her the whole tray and then the tray was empty when he brought it back like two seconds later she ate them all i was yeah i was confused by that because cats are i didn't they're not the biggest eaters though i don't think a cat would eat oh, no, but they, love fi- they love fair. fish though it's the fish thing oh yeah it? the sardine. yeah i know the i know they love fish but i've never seen a cat even though they love fish eat like a whole thing um well, i've always known them to be more be picky than dogs though. none of this is real this well actually <laughs> yeah well i know <laughs> i know no, that I, but, but the interesting thing about cats though if, if a cat's a gobbler or yeah. eats a lot it tends to be because they were um, starved of the tit when they were little or they, they didn't get enough food when they were oh, little. Maybe that was the indication it. then. Well, she said but that she Ling, was I mean, Ling Ling as a cat looked like it was well fed, so I don't think it was a problem. Well, she Ling said Ling, she was so. tired of going through garbage cans and from now on it was going to be sardines and champagne. So martinis but, and champagne. She's, yeah. a good, she's a good looking garbage cat. Like that, yeah. Cat, wasn't she? Well, well groomed. Well groomed for a garbage <laughs> cat. <laughs> Well, she had that fur coat on too, but then she scratched was with them. She had a lover's fat with the guy. What was his name? I don't. Wally. Wally, yeah, Wally fell for. Yeah, I don't remember. I, mean, I don't remember. Yeah, you'll never see him again in any other episode. They fall. They fall for everybody like just so quick on Bewitched. You ever notice that they're just dating? And I know that's because married. it's an episode. They have to. But yeah. she she scratches them. Well, she puts. Well, Samantha puts that. Um, what do you call it? Catnip, catnip in her. In her. Drink. Mm-hmm. And she starts getting kind of goofy, and then he takes her catnip away, and she gets mad and scratches his face. And she was kind of obnoxious. She was a Siamese cat. She that that's what a Siamese mm-hmm. cat would have done. I loved it though. It was really funny because I, you just this. I think this is the episode that it's just all deteriorates for Gladys. It's all all runs downhill after this because mm-hmm. shit happens more and more to her. You know where she sees things and Adna. <laughs> You know, she just constantly trespassing, trying to find out what's going on. What's quite interesting, actually, I just finished a book called The Lady from the Black Lagoon. And it's about this woman named Millicent Patrick and her best friend for her whole life was the guy who plays Abner and Bewitched. No kidding. And, and, he, and he, it was it was like her homosexual because he's homosexual apparently in real life. I didn't re- realize so. What? And um, he and he would like and then and it, whenever she needed to be escorted somewhere, it was her. But the, the interesting thing about Melissa Patrick is that she's kind of been rewritten out of Hollywood because she was one of the first female animators, and she did she worked on Dumbo, she worked on Fantasia, oh. and then. Um, and then she got married, and then from there she worked on. She moved to Universal, where she did this Island Earth, and then she did. Then she's the one that created the um, the um, creature from the Black Lagoon. The look of that she and she like designed it and everything like that. And then the person in the original who movie, of, yeah, the original movie. And then oh, what wow. happened That's was really cool. is that the guy who was head of makeup got jealous of all the attention she was getting and had her blackballed from Hollywood. What? I That's can't imagine horrible. getting blackballed from Hollywood for mm-hmm. anything. 
<laughs> oh, because she was, a, but she was a woman in the time. It's because she was, because she was a woman. That's what that, the whole thing is about her being because she was a woman. But I mean, she had a fantastic life. I mean, like her parent, her father designed like Hearst Castle and you know, and all that sort of stuff. Wow. So really good book, but it was quite funny to read all about the guy who plays Abner and how they used to hang out together and up until he died you know she was you know they were like the best friends and she was there when he died and and you know whenever you know whenever she needed someone you know he'd be the first one there whenever he needed something she'd be there it was it was quite interesting and the thing is she was a beautiful woman as um, Millicent Patrick but so yeah so it was kind of weird like finishing that and actually you know wrote the um, review for the book um, yesterday and actually then I started watching it um watching it last night, these episodes. So it made me look at Adner totally different. I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, he doesn't so come I, off so that way like, at all when you're watching the show. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot yeah. of men really? in the day that, you know, their bread was buttered on a different side. And, you know, back then people just didn't broadcast it and they just kind yeah. of, you know. I mean, there are, there are some that you always know, which I think next month. Uncle Arthur. Cover- Hello there, Sammy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which, because um, we get an episode with him, that is Uncle Arthur as a um, a driving Colin. instructor next next month. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that he uh, plays a different character aside from Uncle Arthur on the show. I love him. He was, like, yeah. the best. I can't uh, wait. Paul Lind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was amazing. So now when I see Abner, I just think, oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everybody, like, you know, Keith, Keith's always been my buddy. <laughs> it's like girls just gay, fri- gay friends are just the best. They just are. They really are because you're, well, you can be bitches to each other. You're just not mean. He's just straight up mean to my face. That's what he does. Well, that's a good wow. thing though. At least you know he's not talking crap about about. Oh, he probably does, but I'll hear about it anyway to my face eventually. So it's <laughs> yeah. So there's no harm. There's no harm, no fall. There's no sense. There's no sense slagging people off behind their back. It's just just more fun. Plus, it's like, at least you know where each other stand, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. But then there's there's those that it is fun to, you know. In England, that's what English people do. They'll be like, if they get upset with you, they'll tell everybody but you. Yeah, I'd rather hear it straight from the source. Yeah, precisely. I prefer that as well. I prefer straight. Straight up and to the point sort of thing. We all know I'll tell you what I think. But <laughs> I mean what I like what I like about um Ling Ling, which is quite interesting, is that this is actually based on a short story that has nothing to do with Bewitched that they actually turned into a Bewitched episode. So I thought that was really? quite interesting. And this is probably the first time we've had that. Um the original short story was written by a guy named Anthony Wilson, um, who wrote a short story in a Harper's Bazaar. About a woman. That That makes sense. About a woman, uh, a cat turned into a woman. I thought it was quite interesting that luckily um, that it wasn't during Ling Ling's mating season because it might have been a totally different different episode. Yes, it could have been. She could be like squalling, rubbing herself up against everything. I had a friend that had all these cats. And those cats, every time I was over there, were in heat for some reason. Oh, you know? I know, God horrible. love them all. And then I, I would leave my purse on the freaking thing, and all the cats would see the purse, and they would just rub all over my purse like four cats at the same time. No, Jesse's giving me that look. Don't you get, you know, cats? Wow. Cat, when yeah, cats are in yeah. heat, you know they're. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Well, it's just so is- bizarre. You'd think they would, you know, be able to find something else than an inanimate yeah. object. 
Well, sometimes that's all there's around. (laughs) Precisely. And they get it, they get it bad. They get, I think, I think cats are probably the worst when they go in. They are. And I have to say, that's why it's, you know, if you get a cat, make sure you get it fixed. Oh, God. Because even males, if you're not careful, males, they spring everywhere and you can't. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a male cat. Yeah. Blankets, pillows. They're just like humans. (laughs) Your leg. Your leg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so that's good. That ling ling. That's (laughs) fine. So much for Ling Ling. <laughs> this is going to be one of those days, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, we do. Well, we do get the classic um, Samantha line, don't we? Which goes, "Well, well." <laughs> I, I like it when he says, "We need to talk now, now, <laughs> now." Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I love this Darren the best though because he gets more upset than the other one. You mm-hmm. know, she's trying to explain to him that the cat used to be a girl. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I have to sit there and say that I think that Darren has every right to be upset here in this yeah. instance, sort of thing. So, I, you know, I think this is probably the first time that when she's used her magic that Darren has a reason to overact because you know nothing's <laughs> yeah. worse. Nothing's yeah. worse than your, you know, a, a colleague falling in love with a cat who's yeah. turned into a woman yeah sort of thing. it would be hard I mean, to come at, and if, what happens if she gets pregnant what, what's going to come out yeah cat people cat people, I know, cat people. <laughs> well, she's, she's been turned tommy into a knockers. human was that the movie was it tommy knockers yeah but hobby but the thing is okay she might be turning a human but what kind i always this episode I always kind of think like like god they've heard molly have kids would they have like little people heads with little on little cat bodies or <laughs> magical beings or little or little cat heads and human bodies were cats or they would just turn out to be were cats were cats were cats what's yeah. baby's first word Meow. <laughs> <laughs> say mama Meow. Well, it was kind of funny though she forgot to change her back after dinner was over and then mm-hmm. like jesse said poor gladys you know I know it was so weird. I thought Samantha seemed a little more careless than usual because usually she's yeah. on top of that, you know. Well, so, so kind of weird to see her have a careless. Down, you know, there's yeah, their life cool. is so busy because of the, the witchcraft and and just the regular life that just regular human mortal life. You know that the, the gap, you know, being bridged, and then you got well, at least you don't have Endora fucking things up in this episode for him. You know, yeah, <laughs> that just goes. Although like- I would have loved to see that too. <laughs> well this brings us to episode 22 eye of the beholder while darren samantha and dora are browsing through an antique shop and dora believes it's time darren suspected that samantha may not be as young as her mortal equivalent as her mortal equivalent would be (laughs) darren uses a three Darren sees a 300-year-old painting made of Salem, which bears a striking resemblance to Samantha, causing him to question her age and their relationship. As Darren contemplates his future with Samantha under these circumstances, Samantha has to figure out a way to save her marriage if the truth truly does come to light. So, Vix, what's your view on the eye of the beholder? Well, I think this humanizes Darren a lot because, you know, you you kind of had to wonder when the show first started, you know, it's like, well, 
she's they've known all these historical figures you know they talk about certain things so they've been around for a while and they're always calling us mortal so you know that that makes them immortal but i mean he's gonna age and she's not going to which is the whole premise you know of the show and you know darren's you know really kind of worried about it and and i don't know is it vanity so much or i don't know if it's vanity i i I think it has to do what i got is like um you know, they could be happy for a certain set of time. And but if he starts aging and she doesn't age at all and he's like 70 and she still looks like because he goes, because the thing is, he's because we kind of get we get an idea what age that she's supposed to be portraying because he goes, are you 24, 25? So, so I guess she's supposed to be in her early 20s. Mid-20s. But so now, now think about it. Like he's 70 years old and she still looks 20. I mean, it's going to look like Anna Nicole Smith and that old man that she was dating right. out. You know what I mean? That's how that's, that's how the world's going to look at it, isn't it? It's like, right. what's this young girl doing with this old guy? So I, so I, so I kind of understood him a little bit here, sort of thing. And I can understand the, you know, the problems that that would present. Well, it gave him anxiety that this was the episode where he decided to go outside and go gardening and then Dora's messing with him. You know, and the little girl keeps picking awesome. up the wheelbarrow and helping him. And then he goes back, try to pick up the wheelbarrow with the flowers and he can't lift it. Then you got the toast. I, I, <laughs> I was about to say, I, I mean, I wasn't, sh- I didn't immediately realize Andorra was messing with him. Like that wheelbarrow cannot be heavy because I've done landscaping before. I've used wheelbarrows full of yeah. heavier things than pop, you know, things of flowers. I'm like that can't be that heavy. Like he has to be either, I don't know, uh, maybe he's being a hypochondriac about getting older or something and experiencing all these ailments or something. Cause I didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden you see Andor behind a tree cack. I'm like, Oh, of course. That's well, you got the little girl. Where do you want on. it? You know, she's pushing the wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that girl Kimmy will never come on any episode ever. Again. Yeah, I know that's what I was going to say. It's like <laughs> yeah, Kimmy, who will never see again. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But she's free enough to come in and out of your backyard. It will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it just shows um, Darren's anxiety and stuff because you don't because, well, it's just one of those things that they have to overcome, I guess, you know, is this is this marriage. I mean, like we always talk about, you know, mixed marriages and stuff. And I mean, it it kind of I mean, I'm sure at this time, you know, not so much the mixed marriage, but he's asking his friend. Well, his friend at the bar doesn't seem to help him much. He's just talking about, you know, well, I guess it'd be helpful if your wife was around during the Revolutionary War. You could ask her about history and stuff like that. (laughs) He didn't seem very helpful at all. And that's another guy I don't think we're ever going to see again. Actually, we actually seen him before, though. He's appeared like in earlier episodes. Yeah, he's the drinking buddy. He's a barfly. I'm not sure. I mean, he seems enough. Darren's He's in the name, first episode so. when when Darren realizes that she's a witch, like right after um, mm-hmm. she tells him, and he goes downstairs, and you know he's doing the same, you know, funny stick that he's doing in this episode, working about different assuming Darren's problem. Then Darren, after that, is replying, talking about his actual problem, and that, and then the bartender's looking at him like he's crazy, like we should see my wife. You know, all, you know, he goes, yeah, he goes, I think my wife is an old witch. <laughs> you know, he's talking to the bartender about it. Yeah. And, you know, that's just a loaded, you know, statement as it is. Mm-hmm. I do notice, though, that and then you got you got Larry Tate, you know, and and, and Darren's kind of depressed because, you know, she's messing with his head and Dora is at least a little bit. And the, that that picture of Samantha. 
But you got Larry Tate. Larry Tate is such a, I don't know, he's just a, a lovable lech, I guess, because they got, they goes, leave the door open, you know, because <laughs> it's getting stuffy in here because there's this bombshell of a, of a model out there waiting to be interviewed. You know, and yeah, then, who's just awkwardly posing out there and like awkwardly posing. I know she's got her hand on her, her stuff. It's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah. she's still standing there, like after the She kind of reminded me of Angelina Jolie when she had her leg out. <laughs> that one picture that everybody was dogging <laughs> on her for. <laughs> and I mean, this one, I mean, she had her tits out and her ass out. And yeah. Yeah. Her hand in her head. Yeah. And then you, you know, and then you had Dare, and then then he asked Larry. He goes, "Well, what if what if the man's seventy five and the woman's twenty five? He goes, "I'd say that's indecent." But there he is leering at the model at the same time being indecent. So Larry would yeah. not have been a, a real good candidate for the Me Too movement. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. They would. He would be the mascot of like the man not to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Larry I mean, would I, be canceled. And this, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this episode, we also got to see that there are other people working at this agency yeah, as well, in a way. No, that's true. That's true. That happens once in a great while on this show. And it was a high rise, too, because they showed an outdoor yeah. view of the building. Mm-hmm. So we know he First works shot. in a high rise. Yeah, I thought that was cool about the, fa- the past few episodes that we watched this time. There was a few more... Um, uh, more risque kind of elements to it and then more expansive elements to it that you didn't see in any other episodes because they're always so I guess ground bound to Darren in his office just really his office and then Samantha back at home or maybe she goes somewhere with her mother but it's it's never you know it never really varies too much it's kind of interesting to see variation in some of the set pieces and uh places that they get to explore in these episodes yeah i i I found it i mean um i mean it was quite handy for that old couple to be having that conversation when he's yeah Yeah, exactly wonderful now as you did back then i mean you know what i'll always ask scott scott's like do i look do i look all right and he'll always say yes if he said no you know, he just, he's, he just, I go, just be honest. I'm not going to kill you. But I always tell him, you know, if you, if you choose your words wisely, because you got to sleep sometime, you know. <laughs> but, but I mean, the old couple were helpful. And then this kind of makes them, well, they got a park now. We know they've got the park. And then Darren's parked the car. And, and you know, she's worried the police come, you know, or the police are out looking for, or just trying to figure out why his car is sitting there. But then we find out, you know, she she said that they think he's being kind of a cad because he's got a nice little wife at home. And there he is smooching this little blonde thing, you know. On the <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But they always find their way back. I mean, they always seem to have to endure some kind of um, an obstacle or a problem or marital you know, challenge, some kind of challenge in each episode. But and they this was in Dora's fault back. this time. This wasn't Dora's fault this time. But well, yeah, in a way, I mean, in a way though, I can understand why and Dora did it. It's not because the thing is, yeah, I definitely yeah, understand because because it, it's almost like because they we also find out they've been married married for over a year now. Yeah, yeah. She just says that. So I know, I, don't, I know, I mean, and they're so still they're still they had, learning things like uh, things you learn on like first dates. Like, what did they do? I mean, we know they made out during every date, and that's pretty much it. We, they didn't do much talking because during the episodes after their marriage, they're still learning things about each other. Mostly Darren is learning things about 
Samantha that I feel like should have been talked about like her age like on their first yeah. well, do you think that <laughs> yeah. the culture was to just find somebody and get married i mean did, did you not change like that that's well, definitely I mean, implied yeah i mean that, that is implied that they kind of like met on a sunday married on a thursday it does have yeah. that kind of feel to it it seemed like a because, real because let's face it i mean i mean samantha didn't even tell her i mean you know you see her mom floating in and out of her life at will all the time so obviously, I don't know where Andorra was when these two people were dating until they got married because she wasn't around. So it must have been very short. She's flying in once a week. At least. You know? And then she, does, she doesn't even know that she's married when, you know, in the first episode. So Yeah, like, oh. to a mortal nonetheless. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there are a couple of problems I do have with this episode, though, because was that picture of Samantha? Well, you know, they never explained that. They never explained that. Well, you just assume it was, I think. But then it's implied that it, yeah. But then it it's implied later on that job. it wasn't necessarily, it was just a likeness of her. And it, it, no one explains whether it is a portrait of her or whether it's just a likeness. But so it's, it's kind of, it looks confusing like, because even Samantha, it's a, it's an antique. Yeah, because even uh, Samantha looks at it and kind of gasps and is like, oh. This is why he thinks this. Like, she didn't like say, oh, this is a picture of me. Oh, this woman looks so much like me. Like, there's no, clarification yeah. i mean maybe it doesn't matter that much but i feel like it kind of does i would have liked to have known if that was supposed to be her because we do know mm-hmm. later on there are salem episodes and they are witches and witches have always been tethered to salem so you gotta wonder yeah and because you know another thing you know maybe it wasn't her picture to start with in the picture anyway maybe and there just imposed her picture face in there because exactly. yeah, that's, that's what i'm so, thinking so, happened <laughs> Yeah, but, but but then because because even the way that Samantha added to it, it's like, well, was it her? Or wasn't that her? So it was, it was kind of weird because you didn't really get any strong sense of that sort of thing. No, no. And another thing is we, and we still, why we, why I do think that's some... hmm. huh? What? Oh, sorry. Um, that's I was gonna say that's why I think that they tried to insinuate that Andorra was the one that imposed her face on it, just whipped it out of thin air or something because she was the one that directed it in his direction, so she could have just you know, created that image to stir up, you know, a problem for Darren. Uh, and that was kind it, of it. But, because but then again, we don't get Endora you know, doing more than one spell, though, does she, do we? Because I think, see, this is what's kind of that's bizarre. Because normally if they, you know... I mean, well, she made the squirrels talk. Yeah, but no, but what I'm saying is, is that true. the thing is with her is like, can she do more than one thing at a time? Like, can she just go, boo, picture, move at the same time? Or does she have to go, boom, change the picture, then move it? You know, and then another spell to make it move. Or So so I guess we have that as well. Because she's she gone, bing, bing, sort of thing. And then as it's moving, and then moves it a second time. So, or can she just True. do it once, this one, bing, sort of thing, and it just does it all in one go? Yeah. I mean, is I know why would she have done that, though? What? Hmm? Why would she have even put that picture there, though? Well, it's to it's to forge the fact that Samantha need Samantha needs to have a conversation with Darren and what it means to be married to an immortal. Yeah, and if you remember in the very beginning of the episode, um, Samantha and her mother are having a moment, and her mother's trying to explain, I think, something that happened in the past and like their heritage and stuff like that. But Samantha doesn't really want to hear it, and Darren's like gesturing, like we have to go or something. Hmm. 
like that. So Samantha's basically like, I can't, ha- I can't have this relationship with you as it was. Like it has to be different now because I'm married to Darren. So she, I think she does that because she feels kind of so hurt by it. So you Dora was the catalyst to- for all this, or the protagonist, or yeah, yeah, she was. But I do think that I do think it was. Not from an evil stance. I think it was no. for that you need to have, you know, it's a bit like, you know, if Definitely you marry not, yeah. someone, you're keeping something hidden and your parents go, you need to have a conversation about this before, yeah. you know, sort of thing. And I think it's more like that than, you know, let's, oh, let's get yeah, to be out in the open. Sort of <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they're not out in the open yet. Like, I mean, you drop the biggest bomb on him. They're, like everything else is, is quite small compared to that, I think. And right. if you're a witch, you talk about being immortal all the time, or your mother-in-law talks about being immortal, like, you'd think that would just be obvious. I'm kind of surprised Darren took this long to figure this out, you right. know, just because, I mean, he knows Andorra is quite old, um, thousands and thousands of years old, um, assuming because she has showed her age, and Samantha is still probably a couple thousand, maybe, <laughs> who knows? Well, Maybe they talk about knowing, well, Helen, well, Helen. Helen, well, yeah, that's, that's the, another couple episodes, yeah. we find out a little bit more of that as well. Yeah, we? well, the, so they've been around for a while. Uh, and uh, and another thing is, is that Samantha still dodges the question by the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah. We still yeah, don't She never fully she answers. She never divulges, like, full truth. There's never a moment of, like, I'm going to tell you everything. And that kind of frustrated me too. Because well, maybe like, I the wanted... writers don't know how to explain it to us. You That's know? true too, I suppose. But yeah. I do feel like, I don't know. It would have been it nice. Feels like, it still feels like she don't. avoided the question though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I, I like this episode, answered. but you do feel like there's a lot of stuff that's been quite of, it wasn't. Yeah, a, it's kind a, of short. A, you're shortchanged. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't thoroughly thought out as you had with the other episodes. It just seems right. like it, yeah. it, was, a, it yeah, was a good episode, but it wasn't really. I feel like it started on a really high note and then kind of slowly kind of the, the, um, the rhythm kind of became more slow. And I kind of was like, okay, what's going on? This is kind of boring. Like Darren's walking around in the park and Samantha has no real clue what's going on. And so it just, the rhythm of it kind of goes, starts to become really slow, even though it starts off really strong. And I thought it was going to be a really strong episode. Cause I, I honestly didn't remember this episode um, from my prior watching, probably cause it's not my most favorite, I guess, but. I didn't remember this episode. Either. Um, I do feel like it slowed down quite a bit and I lost a little. Yeah. Well, it's, I it's so almost I, I like, like I just I lost what? a little bit of interest in the later part. And the and the prologue seems strong. That seemed like the strongest bit before you know the prologue before the opening credits. Exactly. And the prologue was fantastic. I mean, those two and the yeah. mom, you know, and Dora and Samantha have that conversation, and the antique dealer getting really upset with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, you know, like oh, this is a mm-hmm. a Louis the Fourteenth rocket chair. They're going. <laughs> I, know, I love that scene. <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch, and it comes from Europe, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> But you probably that... couldn't put, put too much over on them because you because I'm sure that we before she decided to choose her mortal life, they had the finer things in life, so they would know about such things. So, yeah, well, I mean, part of me they, wants they were to there when the, the finer things in life were built, <laughs> they were there when they were being built. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I wish I could see more of that dynamic between Endora and Samantha a little bit more because I do like that. I like being able to see them bond and actually enjoy each other's company, not just Endora always, you know, or being 
being portrayed as someone who meddles in their relationship. Because I, I really think Endora just wants a relationship with her daughter and doesn't want to be kept from being herself. Like no one would want that. I think that's a fairly reasonable um, wish, you know, for well, someone to want to be a little themselves. I'm changing Samantha. You have to admit yeah. he knew what he was married. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah and he, he really just pushes that element out of her life. And I think that's a little harsh, especially towards, um, Andorra, because I think Andorra would fully appreciate him if he just let Samantha and her let be herself in their pre- in his presence. You know, I really don't think that there would be more to it than that. I just think she wants to be herself, free to be, you know, a witch. I don't even think she would make a scene in other in front of other people, but, but in front of Darren, I think she should be able to express. I think that I think she would make a scene if she are. was in front of stupid people. Yeah, it's like if someone's really annoying, I think she I would do love that. that. Just, oh, just that'd because, be a fun show. Just, just because she's that kind of person. So, <laughs> that would be a fun show. Yeah, she kind of would be like the cat amongst the pigeons if the person was annoying. I think right? she'd do something. But yeah. I, know, I think other than that, I think she knows. I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, she she acted fantastically well with Darren's parents, didn't she? Exactly. I mean, though the, exactly. you know she was a, she can be you know fantastically you know you know. Um, personal with people if she needs to be and you know and everyone that ever meets her when they don't you know don't know who she is she knows how to wow anyone doesn't she so Mm -hmm. So. yeah yeah i had to sit there and say though um i've never seen such an ill-fitting coat in my life than what samantha's wearing refresh my memory (laughs) was it the big beige coat the green one it has like it has like has a button on it it just kind of like hangs on like a circus tent that's like something yeah. you wear with, like, as a maternity coat or something. I thought maybe that was yeah. from her maternity days or something. Well, you know, back Which then and still yet, now, so. like women to 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 accentuate their figures, even if you're you know a little more beaky. But if you wore uh, things that went down, like from a V shape, that was a style because it did hide curves and whatnot. And they well, still do that. Some dresses just true. go straight like that well if you watch dark shadows and look at the clothes that victoria winters wears like they all wear the same kind of shaped outfits yeah, <laughs> well they're very like sp- wear a belt babe but, I, <laughs> but another thing i get i guess another thing to remember is that elizabeth montgomery has got pregnant during the first season so maybe that's it's to true cover that up. yeah 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 they probably did when you think about it so maybe that's what about well, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I guess we need to look at she's wear, carrying a lot of baskets around in front of her. That's normally what they do. Well, I know soap operas, they put you behind stuff, you know, mm-hmm. position sofas, or... big clothes. So. <laughs> so, this like brings us to episode 23 Red Light, Green Light. Yeah. The mayor, Dan Tobin, ignoring his constituents' request to have a traffic light installed at a busy intersection, needs some of Samantha's witchcraft to convince him otherwise. Vic Tabak from Mel's Diner from the TV yes, show Alice appears as the mayor's chauffeur. So, He's Jess, so what are your th- thoughts of red light, green light? Hysterical. I don't, I thought this was a really good episode, too. I thought, uh, I thought it was, it, not. this wasn't risque but it was more i can't find the word it was just totally different than any other episode there was almost a movie quality to it compared to traditional episodes it starts off um really smoothly it it immediately lets you in on what's going on what it's about 
you finally get to see what it's like at more, you know, really busy, a really busy morning on morning, morning glory circle when everyone's trying to do their morning tasks. Morning glory circle was like a cul-de-sac, not a throughway. So I was kind of confused. Yeah, I know. I was kind of confused too, but like, I I guess you don't argue with it if you're looking at it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting to see like, um, them in the you know the what, what do you call it um, town hall I guess the town meeting town hall um, and then the meeting with the, all the neighbors I mean I thought it was really cool dynamics that we haven't seen in the show yet that were really cool um, yeah so it part was definitely more experimental well they're actually yeah it felt more experimental and then you got yeah exactly exactly and they need that they need the traffic light and again you have Endora wanting mm-hmm. to engage and help her daughter by going all over the world and getting different traffic lights <laughs> in her that living room. So hysterical! So Gladys can see all these traffic lights in the living room, <laughs> which, <laughs> which makes you wonder. Which makes you wonder why the hell has Samantha not gotten like curtains or anything yet? Something. She knows Gladys has many blinds. It anything they had mini blinds didn't they back yeah, then honestly no curtain on the windows but then again you know samantha's like frick you know like if you're gonna mess with me i'm gonna mess with you back she really <laughs> so doesn't why, and why does glad and why is gladys i mean who comes to your house and appears through your windows before they knock on your door all the time can you imagine how yeah. annoying that would be if your neighbor every time they came over they're like looking in your windows well she's like you know she lives across the you street can't Samantha never once notices well, she technically lives across the street, but she's always looking over the fence. You ever notice that? Yeah. And she's and she's always at the she's constantly trespassing. And she yeah. is the nosiest busybody mm-hmm. going ever and before and since, you know, just Well, she doesn't have a job. She doesn't have kids to take care of and her husband's home all the time. There's nothing for her to do except for Well, I mean, watch he doesn't people, even seem like he's so complacent when it comes to her, too, you know. It's just like he just it's like he's almost like I've seen that I've been there and I got the T-shirt, so I'm just yeah. not really phased by he it. He just yeah. doesn't. He's not phased by anything. He just wants to be retired in peace and read his newspaper. Mm-hmm. But know? they had, they had some fantastic scenes though, like when they're when they're at the little meeting at the guy's house. Yeah, and she goes, "Why don't we lay down in front of the traffic?" She goes, oh, "Yeah, lay down in front of the traffic." <laughs> <laughs> I know he's just so he's so callous. He really is. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. <laughs> he just, he, he just doesn't he, have any feelings. No, but he, but he's even. I mean, but the thing is, he's, he's, he's like that with everyone, which is quite interesting because he Except also Samantha. Find it, you know, yeah, but you even see him like at the town mm-hmm. hall, and then he goes, "Oh, and you, sir," and he stands up. He goes, "He goes, he goes, and you, my constituent." He goes, "I didn't vote for you." Yeah, I know. <laughs> I voted for the other guy. Because I voted for the other yeah. guy. But that guy, and then think of that: the politician is a smarmy, slippery kind of guy too. That's just there. You know, he probably doesn't do jack. You know, and I mean, you can't. And it is hard to get a traffic light. That is not a lie. We need a traffic light two blocks down, and we can. Well, now you know what to light. do. Now you know what to I do. I need a bloody traffic light. <laughs> Lay down in the middle of the road, huh? Nobody but cares. Yeah, uh, but have you noticed this is also the first episode where Darren is happy with Samantha using magic? Yeah, yeah, that's true. He didn't. He didn't say anything about it. It's just whenever it's convenient for. Well, well no, yeah, that's not true because he didn't get anything out of it. When yeah. it no, I think I think I think because this was such an important thing for her that he was willing to back her, and I, that was quite nice to have that. You know, it's like you know, for once, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because 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 this is so important to you. Uh, you know, we'll 
you know, we'll let it go sort of thing. But yet her mom's still pushing the traffic lights and she liked the old one. So hysterical. And then after, and then she finally comes home with uh, like a a Russian, I think it's Russian, uh, the guy, the police no, officer. No, it's, it's, it's a Bobby. It's a Bobby. A what is that? An English um, it's English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was hysterical. But it, I, it also made, made me wonder, like, I know it's a sitcom and stuff, but you kind of wonder how their magic works and functions sometimes because they always say things that kind of make you wonder how it works, like what their capabilities are, because there was something... I can't remember what it was now, but um, I think she wasn't able to dispense, like, just conjure up. Um, she had to go look the for the traffic light. Yeah, yeah, she had to go to different yeah, places. Well, she and, wanted like, to get go shop for the perfect traffic light that had elegance or something to it. And then she mm-hmm. saw the London Bobby and brought him back. And she put that poor man has a family somewhere and she's got a spell on him. And he just. Well- what about that traffic? Because she's taking traffic lights off of busy street corners. Yeah, exactly. That too. <laughs> so, and Dora's so not is it that she's not capable? Um, I don't. I just... don't think. That, I don't think they can. I, I. don't think they can conjure up stuff from their imagination. I think it has to be. It has to be. There has to be. It has to come from somewhere. So therefore, if yeah. I decide that I'm going to conjure up, I don't know, a Siamese cat. That Siamese cat is is someone else's Siamese cat somewhere. So that person will be without which, a Siamese cat, which, so I can have a Siamese yeah. cat. So I think it which must be also, that way. Yeah, and that I think goes back to like with, with uh, the ideologies. I think within magic is that when you do something, something's always taken away from that. It you it's like energy that is like give and take. You you can't just whip something out of nothing and expect no consequences. Like. And the question is, is how long does it last as well? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how long it lasts. Does it last forever? Is it only for now? Does it last a day, three days? I don't don't know if like the people who made the show knew much about magic or if it was just coincidental that it kind of just works that way. But I do kind of I doubt that they I doubt that they uh, (laughs) had a focus group with pagans or Wiccans or Gardnerians (laughs) or any other traditional sect of witchcraft though. Well there doesn't seem to be any um whatchamacallit is I mean they don't seem there hasn't been any ground rules set yet as far as not really just just hints and glimpses of what you know and how Mm -hmm. their magic functions, I guess. I mean, I have to sit there and say that's also what's quite nice about this episode is that even though Adora's trying to help and Samantha's like, no, mom, you need to like take a back seat, stuff like this. And then um, on them, the last time she brings one in before the before they win their case sort mm-hmm. of thing is that and she goes, mom, if you really want to help, come back or whatever like that. And um, Andorra comes back and then they're at the town meeting. And, you know, obviously they're not going to the traffic light. And um, and Samantha pretty much foresees this. And then she freezes the crowd. And mom goes, he goes are you ready, dear? Yes, I'm yeah. ready. And that <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, you know, which is then Dora's like even willing to, you know, it's like she's there. Because she, the whole thing, even, even though she's, you know, doing this, it's there for the love of her daughter. She wants to help. She, she mm. You know, she gets that voice. I can't do the voice where she goes, and you do want me to help you now. And, you know, we know she gets that <laughs> dark voice, that endure voice, mm-hmm. and she, where she feels she's kind of hurt or she's being witch shamed or something because she wants to help. So she goes and finds all these, of course, Gladys is looking and seeing all the traffic lights. And then she sees the Bobby, you know, mm. and she's got the railroad traffic light, <laughs> the railroad thing. And, uh, and what is it with Darren like just nibbling on everything? 
<laughs> oh, I know. Was he hungry or something? He kept eating the chocolate or whatever it was. And then the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what they were. I didn't know what. I, I didn't thought know it was some kind of class. candy or something. Yeah. But he she's, was. Because she's looking at him like. Stop. Well, he, he was hungry. But didn't they start that episode off with, where she was cutting the ham because he was going to be. She needed to eat early because she was going to. She was deboning that ham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she would yeah. have to. She was, you know, so I guess I was thinking just because, you know, you know how men are. You know, they're hungry when they come home and he worked late. So he was probably picking. That's what went through my head because yeah. I know. Yeah, because. Yeah. But then, but then even before he had eaten, at the he end, had he was like nibbling on the hors d'oeuvres. He wouldn't stop on those either. She's like, oh, come on, Darren. That's you know, true. these, these well, are the guests. He's a growing boy. He's hungry. They also did that with Abner so and Gladys's cookies. Funny. That was Abner eating the cookie. Yeah. Because she borrowed the cookie cutter. No, no, that's what I said. I said they did that with Abner, too, and yeah. Gladys's cookies. Ab- so yeah, they were he doing it with both copious. of the men. He was eating copious amounts of cookies. He wouldn't leave her cookies. <laughs> yeah. She was afraid to leave him in the house. I think he only gave up one cookie to shut her up at one point. Oh, well, that's because let's have a cookie. Yeah, that's because they were the, peering in the window. She's always got him trespassing too so he can go and look in the window and after a while just like you know i often wonder does anybody ever feel sorry for gladys or she's such a busy body nobody feels sorry for i'm beginning to feel bad for her because it's it's becoming such a a routine thing that even now i think she questions her own sanity that she willingly will take like the copious amounts of (laughs) medicine or whatever like these days you know what would it is these of- days they'd be giving her brownies if you know what i'm saying with some green in it <laughs> i think she might be on, i think she might be on crack it begins with a b they used to give it out a lot barbiturates they weren't a barbiturate but it was uh it was a, it was a it was habit forming they mm. stopped giving it to people right around when justin was born because i remember i remember hearing them mm. oh it begins with I mean, a she- f them God, what is that stuff? It's to calm you down, but it's really stout stuff. I don't even think they make it anymore. But I could just, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's face it. By the time, you know, after about two or three years living next door to Stevens, I mean, she'd just be a raving alcoholic, wouldn't she? Yeah. Oh, God, can you imagine? I wouldn't be knocking it. I'd be wanting But then again, that's what you get for sticking your nose in other people's business. Always. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that is, I mean, I, I just, some people just, you know, that they are the biggest busybodies and they just cannot help themselves. I mean, look at but, Facebook, uh, how many people's accounts you block somebody and they go in and make another account or use another account just because they got to know what's going on. You block me, but I know you watching, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But I have to, but I mean, you know, I have to, you know, my hats go off to um, Gladys and Abner because, you know, they almost every every time you see them, they almost steal the show. Fina Barbital, that's what it was. <laughs> oh yeah, Fina Barbital. Okay. I don't Fina know why. Pee, I just by the way, Fina Barb. She would be messed up all the time if they were giving her Fina Barb. That's all I could say. Yeah. So, but so that brings us to our next. Make sure not to put that in the podcast. And this brings us to episode 24, which, which is which? 
To assist her daughter in a dress fitting, Andorra transforms herself into a double Samantha, while at the fitting, Robert Fraser, played by Ron Randall, a young writer, becomes smitten with her, and Dora decides to convert with him as Samantha. Meanwhile, Gladys Kravitz thinks Samantha is having a secret affair. There are further complications when it turns out that Bob is an old friend of Darren's, and Dora shows up as Samantha at a dinner that Darren, Sam, and Bob are having. Bob now believes Andorra is Sam's twin. So, Vix, what are your thoughts of which witch is which? This is really bitchy on Andorra's part. She didn't have to mess with this poor guy. But then again, she didn't know that he was Darren's friend, probably. I think she I think she liked him. I think she kind of liked him, too. I mean, who doesn't, when you get older, want some younger dude or whatever to flirt with you? It seem that young Everybody to me, likes though. to be flirted with, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the problem with some of these shows. I mean, how old is he supposed to be? He looks about 40. He's supposed to be 40, yeah. but he looks older. He looked closer in age. I thought, I, th- old, I, thought he was, I thought he was Darren's friend, so I thought he probably was supposed to be like around Darren, how old Darren's supposed to be. Well, he had but- great temples. I guess people get gray in their 30s. I'm getting that. grays already. I'm not even in my 30s. <laughs> you got to calm down, Jess. We told you before the show, you need to chill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, don't, I don't smoke pot, so I don't have anything to calm me down. I could mail you some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll both be rested. <laughs> but but anyway though but but Endora she's really kind of funny in this one because I mean let's face it she knows Samantha's beautiful and then and then when she's in the dress feet and fitting she thinks the back is yeah. way too conservative and it's already exposing a lot and then she wants and the front <laughs> and the yeah. front she wants it down she what she say cut it down two, two smidges. smidges two smidges <laughs> that's like quite a bit that's a, that's a cleavage line so she's a little more out there than than her daughter who is probably seemingly conservative anyway as well, i think so but even adora wears quite conservative outfits i've never seen adora but, wear but this is for her young daughter though she was taking that yeah before. i suppose then, so this guy's hitting on her and she gets rid of the old guy you know who's the father of the author who hit on her <laughs> you first. should be ashamed <laughs> Who should be ashamed of himself. But then she goes and does the same thing with the other guy and takes him up on it. And of course, they're having lunch and schmoozing and Gladys happens to be in the same restaurant. You know, is that is how big is this town? Okay, we got a we got Not a circle very. that needs I, Well, they probably they probably only have one Chinese restaurant. Okay, to be fair. I'm, this I'm is thinking California, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think they wander too far away from their little town wherever they are morning glory and did you notice the little touch her hair is up kind of in a beehive but they're in a chinese restaurant and she has the little chinese hair stick yeah the little tassel yeah. thingies in her hair so they paid attention to detail on this one to you make know, but, her look different than samantha yet be samantha but, but you know my shadow was still there and the cat eyes so but, but you know the funny thing about it is that you're watching it and you and and dora you know, Agnes Moorhead's only in t- two scenes, yeah, two, two and a half scenes. The rest of it is Elizabeth Montgomery playing right. both parts, and right. she does a fantastic job. Well, we know she could pull that off, and later episodes. she even does like the, the, she even pronounces certain words the same way her mother does, which is like the same way Agnes Moorhead does, which is really really interesting because she doesn't do it all the time, but there's certain times when it's necessary that she does it, and it just fits so perfectly. 
Well, I think it's funny how, you know, Samantha's character starts to have a little bit of a Darren fit. She's like, mother, you didn't. His name is what? You know, <laughs> and it just happens to be. But and again, this guy, she's been hanging out with this dude all week. They're going to the horse races. They're going to the theater. They're doing this. They're doing that. Amusement park. <laughs> yeah, the, the amusement park. They've been hanging, you know, how close yeah. these guys actually For, for four days and four nights. Yeah. Yeah. Th- things are getting real serious over there. You know, she and they're, you know, yeah, this poor guy thinks, you know, that he's hitting it off with this woman. And then he sees the other Samantha, the real Samantha, and he starts nibbling on her neck and she's ready to call the police on him, you know? That was, <laughs> I love that scene. It's so funny. And Bob wants to marry Andorra. Yeah, and Adora's like gonna break it off. Can you with imagine? Acting, I guess. But did you like the flair of her clothing? I mean, she sets her apart from her daughter as Samantha. Uh, I I thought. I mean, I thought. I mean, there's Samantha the housewife, and this is Gilda. You know, from yeah. you know, Rita Hayworth. You know, when she's in that black tight dress with the candle yeah. you know, and the with the cape around her when she shows up at the dinner party you're like the dinner party get up oh my god i mean I that was just that so was really good that's probably the best outfit even that for was probably the best outfit she wore well yeah. god people used to dress so fine back then you know now mm-hmm. we're worried about man buns and rompers you know yeah, <laughs> yeah both genders both i'm gonna genders get canceled too. for that i'm sorry everybody mm-hmm. i love man buns actually hey. <laughs> someone does yeah but both genders can get away with wearing rompers and man buns or just buns in general <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no definition well jason gender. momoa can pull off the man bun quite well true but, true. Mm. but as i there say that um <laughs> but then again i mean you know but then if you do look at the way andora dresses when she's andora yeah. There is that flair for style and fashion and everything like that. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not as skin tight as what we saw her when she, you know, with the when she's being Samantha. Right. But mm-hmm. but, but there's which but there that's what's quite good about it because that they were able to and that, that's what the show is like you're kind of watching it and you're kind of like you know seeing all this and that's where you realize how clever the show really is mm-hmm. because when Samantha, you know, Elizabeth Gummer becomes the Agnes Moorhead and Dora character and the right. eyeshadow and the way, even like underneath the eye with yeah. the eyeliner, the way that's done. And they, and they play close attention to that and the way that she's acting and the way that, and the, and the whole body mannerisms of this yeah. and the way that they dress her as well is the way that Andorra would dress if she right. was that younger person. And, it's, and she's and, still wise but, ass. But did you notice that they, um, <laughs> there's something when they, when, Elizabeth Montgomery is talking as Endora. It's like they modified her voice a little bit. Their voice sounded bit. a bit different. There's something there's, they're doing something modifying with the. Yeah, so she must have had to come in and dub it afterwards or something. Right. I really enjoyed this episode because Endora is so playful and you can see she's still just a girl that wants to have fun, you know, even though she's what, 6,000 years old or whatever. How old? We had the question, the question of age earlier. 60,000 years. I don't know how God old. God knows who, how old part of the cosmos or whatever. How are witches born? Yeah. You know, 
But, but another thing we do get Endor and some fantastic things like when they're in bargain shopping and yes. all women like that. She's like, oh, this is like hell. And I know what she's feeling because yes. I hate shopping when I go shopping. Even that looked it, like Filene's basement in Boston. And that's the way that place used to really be. I mean, it was bad. And then she put the 90 percent off sign. It's like everybody was awesome. would jam over there for something like that. Samantha, look over there. 90 percent off. 90 percent off over what? there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then Agnes. And then Gladys, like. Or the, no, uh, Gladys. Gladys is there and she's trying to rip the dress out of Samantha's hand. I seen it first, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and then and she oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah. So she's just a nasty person all the way around sometimes, I guess. Well, I think, I think, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, what we've seen of Gladys up to here, I mean, where are we at episode 24? We've seen 24 episodes. And in that point, Gladys is featuring quite a few of them. And we do know that the people, like the committees that Gladys is on, she, they don't really, they don't seem to like her. Really <laughs> Nothing like anyone likes <laughs> Gladys. They really bad. Yeah. So, I mean, she's kind of bullied everywhere around, isn't she? Yeah. But then again, but then she, she has a, but she has a nasty, but she has a nasty way about her. I mean, look at the, look at when she had, at the baseball game with her nephew. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. And she was, you know, she got a bit, I know, she's calling, a li- she's calling little kid names. Like, who does that? What does yeah. she call them? Marshmallow Mathers. Yeah. Yeah. Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Yeah. So, I mean, so she does have this evil thing to her. And then when we, you know, we saw it again with this episode where she grabbed her ass. And, and to be honest, if it wasn't Samantha, she would have ripped it out of her hand yeah. and run, running away with it. I've had people actually do that to me in department stores, but that's just. Isn't that called Black Friday? No, that that that's yeah, right? flat screen TVs. Also during riots, <laughs> I go internet Black Friday shopping. I don't do the in store thing. I, I went um, once in my entire life. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. I hate going to Walmart. Not worth like, it. I'd rather I'd rather just I I like I said I, what I put. I'd rather go have a pap smear than go to the Greenville Walmart anytime. <laughs> I just don't want to go. Uh, it's that bad. I hate I hate shopping anyway. It's just like yeah. shopping's not my forte. Mm. So. I could care less. If I can't I get did, it online, I don't need it. I mean, and and even at the and even in the prologue where um, Samantha's trying to <laughs> describe what bargain shopping is, yeah. and Doran's just like, <laughs> like, oh dear girl. Yeah, I know. Well, she, why? I don't understand. Why do you want to do this? Yeah. Why? If you oh, and that's what mortal, that's the, it's the a joys of mortal women. It's a mortal, yeah, mortal pleasure. women's pleasure. Yeah, because that oh. way, if she says, oh, what, what did she say? She's Andorra said something in response to that that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I don't remember what it was though. Um, oh, it was something kind of along the lines of back. She's always good. Oh, I know they're so funny. I also found so we and as we were talking about before, we do find a little bit more about Andorra's age when she said that she knew Helen of Troy and that Helen of Troy couldn't. She didn't launch ships. She sunk ships and she yeah. was not kneed. <laughs> not knees. Yeah, she wasn't that beautiful, apparently. But if no, you apparently. actually look, that I mean, I've seen coins because I, I mean, I collect Roman coins when I get my hands on them. But I mean, when you look at stuff that's apparently women back then, you know, they had the, the nose thing going on. Like Cleopatra. She, well, they were Italian, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, Spartan, no, Spartan, Greek. Well, they're not much difference. Greek, Italian, you know. Uh, I don't got it that bad. Egyptian. But Egyptian. But no, their Ptolemies were actually Macedonian, though. 
So technically, mm. they weren't Egyptian, but they were all, you know, breeding with this one and that one because the Mediterranean True. was the known world. So yeah, well, they, they were the world for a while, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So. But it's kind of funny because you know Cleopatra. If you see the, the coins with her, she's just got a really, you know, prohibiscus, and her, you know, she doesn't. She wasn't really like Nefertiti beautiful, you know. Yeah, but she could have been like. Um... And the Ptolemies all married their sister, their brother, their father, their mother. So well, I mean, Cleopatra could have been like, you know, you know, like there's Catherine Zia Jones who has like no sex appeal whatsoever. She's very beautiful with no sex appeal. And then you I got guess, Susan, Sar- yeah. but then you got Susan Sarandon who's not, she's not pretty, but she's got so much sex appeal. Yeah, so, that's so she could. So Cleopatra could have been more that you know she you know she might not have been much to look at but maybe she just been exuding we were having a conversation hormones. about that what was that movie um with uh tarantino and Clooney vampires oh dust uh, still gone yeah who what was what was her name i can't recall Samantha, she has uh, salma hayek that's that salma hayek. that was probably one of the most seductive things you will ever see where she's dancing with that snake before she just putting all that, just putting all that vodka in Quentin Tarantino's mouth. <laughs> Actually, um, with her foot. I yeah, I love Selma Hayek. But if you if you ever want to play a drinking game with Selma Hayek, watch the movie Dogma. And every time she opens her mouth, if you can't understand her, take a drink. You'll be drunk before she's even off the screen. <laughs> She was great though. That though, and then she wanted to be. I love her. She wanted to be the ugly, whatever, and make it look like a snake. That I was watching. Um, why am I having a Trevino? Uh, he was making. He makes all the. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Tom Savino. Yeah, Tom um, Savino. Yeah, I can't talk today. But I was watching a special on him and how he made all that that stuff. You know. Yeah, because there's a documentary on Shutter about him, isn't there? Yeah, it was it's really good. It's worth watching if anybody's uh into that kind of thing like me. But he did really good at job with blowing up heads and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Friday thirteenth part one and four and yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Return Day of the, the dead. dead. Return of the Living Dead. Did that as well. Yeah, Day Day of the Dead. So. Yeah. He's fantastic. He- <clears throat> but I I mean I think which which is which is I don't know. I thought I thought the whole thing was just charming. It just I made me laugh. I it made me it. smile. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. There's, it doesn't dull. It doesn't let down at all. Except the um, guy at the end, Rendora is going to break it off with him as Samantha's twin sister. I mean, what what are these these people just probably never come back into their life again? Or oh, how's your sister? You know, how's your cousin? How's your whatever? Exactly. Well, I mean, we know that Darren and I know. Da- well, that's something. I, that's why I wish it wasn't just a sitcom. Well, I, but another thing. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, this is before social media, so obviously Bob, though he's an old friend of Darren's, didn't know that Darren was even married. And they've been married for over a year, so obviously they don't see each other very often anyway. It seems like, you know, because he did say that he goes, "Oh, I didn't know you were married." Obviously, and then, you know, two episodes before this, we found out that they've been married over a year. So, obviously, Darren's best friend, Bob, they haven't seen each other for over a year and a bit now, have they? So, Wait, obviously. Did, so, did they go to college Darren, together or something? Did yeah. Darren and Samantha just get eloped? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, you have to remember, this is before social media. So, if you wanted to keep in touch with people... And you didn't make phone calls because phone calls are freaking expensive. You'd have to take, I mean, you have to take out a second mortgage if you wanted to have a 10 minute 
conversation with someone long distance in this day, in those day and ages. Yeah, but when so you, you didn't when contact, you think so you have to, so to write letters. Who, so when you think about it, who even went to their wedding? Nobody, because Darren's parents had met they, Samantha. Samantha's parents had well, met Darren, who would have gone to their wedding. They eloped, didn't they? Yeah, I guess so. I, I didn't really think about that till now. Because it was so quick, it, it, like everything happened so quick. It showed scenes of them, you know, dating, really just making out, you know, in different locations. <laughs> and yeah. then a Darren putting a ring on her finger and they were married in the hotel. And that's kind of where the show really takes off and you start to see some plots. But I, I guess they did just get a little because no one. I think she just, I think she just moved that. into Darren's flat, didn't she? Or apartment before they bought the house. I guess so. Yeah. It happened know. real fast. Hmm. So, but yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, as far as um, Darren having, you know, Bob, I don't, I don't know the Bob, I don't think Bob was a best friend. It's like an old mate sort of thing that they see whenever he's in town. Yeah. So I guess it all depends yeah, how often Bob's in town. And I can't, I mean, to be honest, it's like, I, you know, he was a novelist, but I'm not sure how many books he's producing because it didn't seem like he was a, he was selling well. He didn't actually have a whole bunch of people lined up to, for him to sign this no, book today, right? I kind of, I don't know. I think that's why I kept throwing around, like, "Oh, don't make me sign! Don't make me give you a signed copy of my book, Helen of Troy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. He's, he's what a lame-o. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a new, a new uh, hobby, a new job, or something. I mean, another thing what's quite good is that. Um, Darren's reaction was quite well done, actually, because he was like, you know, you know, because Samantha. I mean, let's face it; it's like you know, he he didn't have a go at Samantha about Andorra's antics, which was quite well. I mean, quite considering it. And then when he had to go out and face Bob and like and try to play this off, he he did he did he did very well. I think. You know, it wasn't like, oh, oh, Samantha, this is your fault. How dare you? Da, 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 da. Don't you? You know, it wasn't any of that. So that was quite good as yeah. well. So we got Darren. Well, I also thought it was interesting that when Samantha was trying to explain to Darren the situation, she kind of did it in front of him, like even mentioning magic, mother, like the keywords, just so he would kind of get it. And then right before he brought her into the kitchen to try to understand what was going on. Yeah. Now this brings us to which episode did we like the best out of this block? We would normally talk about what favorite characters we have, but I think um, we, I think we're probably Andorra hands down, and maybe. Well, okay, let's do favorite character. Let's <laughs> right. So, who's your favorite character and least favorite character? Start with Vicky because she loves this segment. Uh, I would have to say favorite character for all of the segments. Yeah. Well, well out of this block. Oh, out of the slot. God, that's kind of hard because I want to say Andorra, but she didn't really show her herself too much in the last one because she was pretending to be Samantha. But I, I have to say that I would have to say I, I really I liked how Samantha, I, I like the interaction between Andorra and, and Samantha. I love how she wants to be the mother. She's my favorite character because although she's playful and devious and all those things that a mother-in-law most likely is, <laughs> but she loves her daughter and she wants the best for her daughter. And she always wants to help, even though it's sometimes it might not be the best thing or the obvious thing to do. 
like date, you know, Darren's friends as Samantha and, you know, make it look really bad. Cause that's gotta be a small town and she's out with another man and everybody knows mm-hmm. she's married to Darren. So I didn't really even think of that before, but I just love how I just love it because she's a wise ass and she's playful. And I just don't see how, how this show would ever endure without her, you know, meddling and just her, you know, matronly, whatever. I <laughs> get it. Get it. But endure. I it definitely wouldn't Endora, you know what I mean? Endure without Endora. Well, I mean, she's it, the, the name itself, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> playful, actually. Pandora, Endora, mm. you know, the witch of Endor in the Bible, you know. Do you do you know where the do you know where that? So, what's, who's your least favorite character of this block? Oh, God, I don't really have one. I hate that. I'm gonna have to say Gladys got on my nerves. <laughs> Because she just won't stop. You're but saying- that but that doesn't make her my least favorite character because her acting is so good that she does get on my nerves. Okay, the least favorite character will have to be the drunk friend at the bar with Darren who's useless. He really didn't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't ever come back. Yeah. And you don't get vested in him at all. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Not even the little girl no. with the wheelbarrow. You don't get vested in her either. She's just there. It's just these random people that no. just pop in their lives. You know, yeah, it's almost like one of the Brady's came over and visited Samantha. That's what it felt. Yeah, like. basically, it's like exactly. I, I honestly thought for a minute I thought it was Maureen McCormick because you know she's she comes on a, like an episode or two. Yeah, in like Jeannie and Bewitched because that's yeah, what was going does. on before uh, Brady Bunch. So I thought it was her at first, but then I realized it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. What about you, Jess? Who's your favorite character and your least favorite character? Well, I, I always say Endora for the most part. So this time I'm going to say it, Samantha, just because I really feel like Elizabeth Montgomery um, has, she really um, showcased her like acting abilities here as, you know, different characters. And in and, and Bewitched, she's like the one and only actor, I think, that plays multiple characters. Um, because later on she'll play Serena, she plays her her mother she plays herself um and she also plays herself playing serena just like different renditions of herself and different characters it's just kind of phenomenal uh and she's very charismatic like this show honestly wouldn't be the same if she wasn't samantha because she's really the heavy i think for the show and then andora and, and and Darren and stuff, but I don't know. I I just I, Darren's the most unrelatable character. So even though Dick York is a phenomenal actor, I have a hard time relating to him or even liking him because I just I don't relate to how. Yeah, I, I don't relate to how he reacts or responds to things. I understand why he does, but I don't relate to it because I myself, if I was in a situation, would respond entirely too different, too differently. Uh, so I don't know. I, I definitely think Samantha's my favorite um, character in this sequence, especially. She is versed. What about your least favorite? My least favorite? Honestly, any of the extras that come in and just for like one or two episodes just as like lines. extras. Like it could be the little girl, Kim, even though she was cute and funny, you know, she's not going to be seen again. And, have a lot of and then also the bartender and the drunk guy. You know, that's that's true. I mean, the strongest Except character Ling actors Ling. are probably Endora. <laughs> yeah, Ling Ling, that was hysterical too. I really did like that episode, but this 
never mind. I can't say my favorite episode because that's a favorite character right now. But you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say. I have a hard time picking favorite characters out of Bewitched or least favorite. I know. I <laughs> They're so integral. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a hard time picking my favorite one because I always like. There's always because <laughs> there's always that one because ep- there's always that one episode that glows for me, and that's and that's normally who's who's steering that episode for me, and the reason why it glows for me. So. Right. Like for my for my favorite is Samantha playing Andorra. Yeah, because mm. you know the thing is, you know, when you first start watching Samantha, it's a sitcom, and let's face it, normally with sitcom actors, you get what you get, sort of thing. And yeah. this and this shows that Elizabeth Montgomery is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, she is so such a brilliant good actress. Because yeah. no one, I mean, I can't think of any other sitcom where a person would be able to take someone who's on the show with them. And do a total carbon copy of another actor's performance, and do it so convincingly, but and, but have to still you know, but still have to do it dressed as yourself, right? You know, and, I, mm-hmm. and you know, and just the little touches and the voice and the mannerisms and the way she carried her body and everything that went around with it, and you know, and it also, I mean, I think what also was just quite funny because it's not a caricature of Endora. It's a loving tribute to Endora. Yeah. And it could have been so easy to just take the piss out of Endora. Let's take the piss out of Endora and let's do this whole episode where I'm going to just take the piss out of Agnes Moorhead. But it's not. It's lovingly done. And, and if you're going to do something that lovingly and that close to detail, also gives you an idea how the show's being done that, you know, that everyone really likes each other. And that, so, that, so exactly. that I think, and that's what I quite mm-hmm. liked. The only thing that, I guess my least favorite character for me is going to have to be Ron Randall because, and the guy who played Bob or the, um, the person. He was who, kind um, of abrasive, wasn't he? Now that I think about it. He wasn't abrasive, but the thing is, is that if, if he had, let's sit there and say that he had 100% charm about him and he was just so, you know, so charming, but there wasn't that much, there's no, there, there wasn't a lot of charm there and so therefore you're thinking that's true and it you know so therefore you're kind of going why is Endora going for him but then let's sit there and say he was like um you know uh Omar Sharif or that kind of charming though Omar Sharif for me was never good looking but there was always that charm Charm. or that or that Cary Grant charm you don't have to be good looking but just have that charm you know and so you put people on the charm defensive and I probably would have felt more for there so basically he's like I'm love he's like I'm loving Endora but unfortunately, I don't understand the attraction to Bob. I didn't find him attractive at all, personally. Though mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah. have if I was, you know, from between now and probably sixty-five. There's just nothing. He's not. He's not attractive. He's just a your average. Well, let's sit, there, but let's sit there and say that Adam West played that part instead. I would that probably would have gone for it because yeah, do you know what I mean? Because there's there's just you know, you kind of need that kind of good looking kind of debonair swab look but, it's not even it's not even door is gonna fall for him because that yeah. and door doesn't yeah fall exactly and door's picky especially yeah. for mortals i mean it has to be a, a, a special kind of mortal yeah. you know in order for her so to i fall. think but uh, she like also fell for like door now darren's father no because the thing is she quite she was quite taken by darren's dad wasn't she because yeah. he, he was classy mm-hmm. i think i think she's finally class you know i think if you're gonna be with Endora, you're gonna have to be classy and not trashy like Cary Grant classy. Yeah, yeah precisely. <laughs> you know, you don't want to, you know. And spontaneous you know. and stuff too. 
Yeah, you don't want to end up, you know, you know, she's going to, you know, she's going to be like, um, like a Clint Eastwood, not Harvey Keitel. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. So, and when you look and, back, and, and, you know, through styles and stuff, men did have a lot of class back then. I love the mm-hmm. long coats, you know, like the presidents wear now and the hats were really cool. I mean, you see Cary Grant, he yeah. just looks badass. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's so gone. You're not, yeah. well, you know, one, it's masculine. You're not allowed to be masculine anymore. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. I, I think, like men who were men, so. Yeah, so I think, you know, to be honest, I don't think it's the actor's fault. I just think that they slightly miscast it, miscast this one. It so. does seem like, it. Not, yeah, when I think about it, because I thought he was kind of, I don't know, he just seemed like a lech a little bit too, because he was, oh, you know. He was, you know, he just was. He wasn't a very nice person, I guess, is what I'm trying to, I don't know. I think if he was like a successful writer. He would have gone for Darren's wife, no matter what. So he didn't really have any moral turpitude. Oh, that's true. He had, he said that himself. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, but to to be be fair, though, you know, he thought that Darren's wife was, because he he says to her at one point when she's trying to break up with him. Do you love her husband? And she couldn't do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's so, it was because it wasn't so, actually her. <laughs> yeah, but you know he doesn't know that, so therefore you know. Yeah. You know, so therefore he, you know, so he's like, well, he doesn't. Still, she doesn't love Darren, but she loves me, so I can understand still, why he would. There's a code. There's a code, though. You don't go after anybody else's wife or women. Well, don't go yeah, I don't but care. yeah, but does that 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 code only works if you know. If you're if you meet someone and you don't know that they're that they're married and you're spending four days and four nights with, with each other and you don't know that that person's with your best friend yeah. and you have and you develop feelings that I think that's a bit different than you know you go to their house you see the wife and you decide to date her after meeting her with the husband. You okay, know, so do you think that they're thing. insinuating a physical relationship? Well, they said four days and four nights. I don't, you know, but you know this is a sixty, so it's all about. What's not being said? So, right. I mean, and you know, and to be honest, I mean, you know, I mean, Bewitch is, has set the bar. I mean, you know, this is the first sitcom and the first television show on television that shows a married couple sharing a bed. True. So. Oh, that that reminds me. There was um, a reference to that in a, a show called WandaVision that I've been watching, which is oh, really yeah. cool. Oh yeah, I haven't started watching they, WandaVision yet. They heavily reference Bewitched a lot at first, uh, those and then the Dick Van Dyke and then I Love Lucy and stuff like that. But they definitely reference um, that scene because Wanda puts the beds together um, after she gets scared by uh, hearing something outside or whatever. She accidentally puts the beds together. And then from then on, they just sleep in the same bed. Mm. So I thought that was a cute little nod to Bewitched. Plus, she's a witch. So, you know, it's a black and yeah. white show about a witch. <laughs> I like what I'm quite interested in that. I'm quite interested to see where that goes. I'm quite enjoying it. I also learned, I also learned that they did the special effects the same way they would do them in something like Bewitched. They didn't do CGI. They did CGI for like tiny things, but they wanted to make it feel like an actual show from the period. So they did stick to like the fish wire and all of those fun little uh, special effects they did. Yeah. <laughs> We got so a fish wire really when um, Samantha's getting her keys at one point, didn't we? Where you saw the keys going down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the keys are gone. Yeah, you can see you can see the glint of the fish yeah. wire and some of the lighting. Yeah.
So that's this brings us to our favorite episode and our least favorite episode. Starting with Jesse, what's your favorite episode and what's your least favorite episode of this block? Oh, it's really hard because it's either for me, it's either this one or the one where they have to deal with the traffic lights because these were the two most different that I've seen in a while. So they introduced some new elements to the show that kind of felt really refreshing. Um, and then you got to see Samantha and Darren interact with more of their community um, and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but I might have to say, honestly, I think just because of the ending, I did like uh, which, which is which a lot better just because it was more risque, I guess. And I kind of like that they're doing that on bewitched. Yeah. It was slightly risque, just ever so slightly, <laughs> not too much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was probably my favorite episode just because of uh, how it ended. Because sometimes an episode starts off really strong and then it ends on a lesser note. But I think this one started off really well and then ended really well. And everything in between was really good and well done, too. And Elizabeth Montgomery's acting was really good, too. So, yeah, I, I think that for me makes it the best episode. And what about your least favorite? My least favorite. Ugh. Maybe, maybe on this, uh, what is the name of it? The one where um, Darren questions her. Eye of the Beholder. Yeah, I wasn't that impressed with that one. I totally forgot about that one. So I, uh, seeing it the second time around didn't do it justice. I, I don't know. It started off really strong, but then the rest of the episode was just kind of blah. So that was probably my least favorite episode. And what about you, Vix? What's your favorite uh, and least favorite? My favorite one was with the stoplights. I just thought it was funny that Endora went around collecting bobbies from England. <laughs> <laughs> stoplights from all over the world yeah. so she could give your daughter the perfect stoplight for Morning Glory Circle. I just mm. thought that was well done. It was just funny because, you know, it it was just sweet. I just love how Endora interacts because my mother's still alive. God bless her. And I just totally adore my mother. So maybe that's why. I don't know. I just love how moms, they just want to do, you know, here or there, no matter if they're here or in heaven or whatever. You just remember your mom is wanting to do everything for you, you know, mothers and daughters kind of thing. So, but the least favorite, God, I hate that one. I would, I, it wasn't, it wasn't the witch witch. Um, it wasn't Ling Ling. What was the other one? I the beholder. I the beholder. I would have. <laughs> So if it would, I, although there were aspects of Eye of the Beholder, I liked like how it, they humanized, you know, Darren and his, him wanting, you know, to, I don't know. I think he was just worried too much about, you know, age is not a big thing. I don't think anymore, but this is the sixties. So people probably would talk, but I would think that Samantha would just age with him and just do a spell kind of thing instead mm-hmm. of stay young. But I, I mean, not that it was a bad episode. I really liked it. I, I thought it was sweet, but, you know, it was like Jesse says, you know, <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of it, but it wasn't as memorable as like the stoplights or, you know, playful Andorra doing, you know, wreaking havoc in everybody's life or, or, you know, you got a cat, you know, that's, that's a woman now. I mean, it's just things you'd expect to happen around witches, I guess, of this caliber. So. Mm. My favorite is which which is which because it just works on every single level, and it it left me wanting more. Like when the series ends and they're going to sit down for dinner, I wanted to go on. I wanted to see what that yeah. dinner party was like when they're all all four of them are sitting there. I you know I just wanted to go on because I couldn't get enough of it, and and also because it's also 
for me, it's also the first time you oh. see split screen. Or Samantha, you see them both oh, in the screen that's together. True. That's and, true. and you also know that that's going to become very, very important later yes. on in the series as well. That they, yeah. and, and you also got the diversity. And it's, it's like you have a show about Endora, but Endora's not in it, but you feel like Endora is in it. And that's, yeah, I, that takes something to pull that off. Well, yeah, she's yeah. definitely still present. So, you know, you know, you, you yeah. know, it's Endora, you think it's Endora. So it was done really well. It really yeah. was. Because it's Endora pretending that she's Samantha, played by Samantha being an Endora. And it's just like, it is a, it's a total mind. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's done so well. It, it Precisely. Really- I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's a bit like trying to like describe terminator isn't it like yeah. you know he's going back in time to give birth to his son but he has that yeah. <laughs> he tried to work and i was like uh, it all works it's... out eventually yeah. yeah precisely so it was kind of like that but that's what i loved about that my least favorite is going to have the eye of the beholder i think the reason why is because bewitch has a really good way of that when you have these touching moments that it almost tears apart your heart and you know we got it with darren uh when you know when Darren's mom decides that the dad really loves her or when Clara comes back, you know, she doesn't think that she, she's messed things up, you know, and she leaves and, you know, and when Darren's parents have to bring her back and all this other stuff. And, and you get these really heartfelt moments that you like, you know, like it really tugs at your heartstring. And I think the eye of the beholder missed that. I think if it had that, I think it would have gone up, but it wasn't even when like, you know, when they decide they're going to work it out, it just kind of like, okay i don't i'm not feeling anything here and i think that if they had that great big That's something true. emotional or something that tugged at your heartstrings it probably would have felt more and it kind of like it's almost like they hit something they teased you with something and then they kind of like snatched it away it's a bit like you know here have a piece well, of and it was also and as the kid's about to put it in the mouth he just yanked it out and like ran off yeah so. When it was also really um, one-sided because Samantha didn't even know what was going on with Darren. It was all exclusively on Darren. No one else but Darren knew what was going yeah. on with Darren. Um, and so there was nothing really for them to work on. It was really for him to work on. And he had already worked on it by the time Samantha showed up. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't much for you to, um, you know, to, uh, to hold on to because Samantha didn't know about it. And I think we were kind of seeing things maybe more through her perspective as an audience, because we're already knowing like everything that's going on with Darren. We know that he fixed, you know, that he kind of came to the conclusion more or less after hearing the conversation with the old couple. And you, you kind of clearly see that that touched him in a way. So I feel like that's why you didn't feel like the impact of his decision. And maybe also because this has happened before you kind of know he's going to make that decision too. I, I don't know. But there's also the simple fact that there's so many different you know, reasons Samantha, why it didn't work. But if Samantha loves Darren, like she says she is, and this, I think this is another thing that the show is missing. That if Samantha loves Darren the way that she says she does, and she knows that the fact that Darren ex- has an expiry date, that he's going to yeah. die someday, and she's going to still she's going to be on her own, and she's going to have to live how many hundreds of years without him. You think that she would have been slightly affected and wanted to think about that or explain herself, even if it's not to Darren, but to her mom or whatever. Oh, I don't want to think about that now or something. But you didn't get that either. So it almost felt like it's like Samantha's like kind of, OK, well, you know, Darren's going to have to kind of come to grips with this. But but not but you don't really know how she feels about it as well, because it's going to affect her as well. You know, what that reminds me of remember in Lord of the Return of the King when Arwen's father is explaining to her that, you know, someday you know, he's, the, the king's going to die and that Arwen's going to go on, 
you know, lonely, yeah. alone in the mortal world, being an immortal, you know? So that kind of reminded me of that when you said that for a reason, because she was so in love with him that she would, you know, give up her immortality to be with him in, in the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you would think. Yeah, you know. she could, I mean, they could have touched on it, but then again, I think it's, it's I think it's one of those stories that, I had a really good idea, but they didn't know how to flesh it out properly. And yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it's difficult to flesh it out in 25. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they're really big issues, aren't they, for a 20-minute Yeah. There's yeah. A, but, but, it's also so, but I think they have also kind of touched on this similar subject before. Like, it felt like a rehashing of something that they already did better in another episode. Yeah. So I think so. That's what that, for me. That's the reason why it, it didn't really play off for me. The, the, yeah. But there, I mean, there are. You know, I said before, it's you know when your prologue is the strongest thing in the show, then you know you know you got a little bit of problems going on here, sort of thing. As 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 Jesse says, it started high and it kind of just slowly slopes to the end. <laughs> Things yes downwards. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Next month, we'll be doing Bewitched Season 1, Episodes 25 Five. 28. Yep. And, of course, next episode, our Nature versus Man, we'll be doing Mad Max from 1978 and Mad Max Fury Road from 2019, which will be something very interesting. We'll see how... Uh, you know, a film franchise has changed over a 40-year cycle. So, yes. And then, of course, we'll be doing Dark Shadows. And then next month, our classic novel will be Robinson Crusoe, the book by William Defoe and the 1956 Academy Award-winning classic. Yep. So it's good night for myself and good night, Vicky. Good night, everybody. Take care. Good night, Jesse. Have a good night, folks. And Just we'll see next- <laughs> and we'll see you next week <laughs> oh, for geez. Nature versus Man, Mad Max, and Mad Max Fury Road. Yay! Styles keep a changing, the world's rearranging, but Edna, you're timeless to me. Hemlines are shorter, a beer across the quarter, but time cannot take what comes free. You like a stinky old cheese, babe Just getting riper with age You like a fatal disease, babe But there's no cure, so let this fever rage Some folks can't stand it, say time is a bandit But I take the opposite view Cause when I need a lift Time brings a gift Another day with you A twist or a waltz It's all the same schmaltz With just a change in the scenery You'll never be old hat That's that You're timeless to me Feds keep a-fading Castro's invading But Wilbur, you're timeless to me Hairdos are higher, mine feels like barbed wire, but you say I'm chic as can be. You're like a rare vintage ripple, a vintage they'll never forget. 
So pour me a teeny weeny triple. Anytime. And we can toast. Not that we ain't dead yet. What? I can't stop eating. Your hairline's receding. Hey. And soon you'll have nothing <laughs> at all. So you'll wear a wig while I roast a pig. Hey, pass that carrot on. Glade, the had brass. Check the like gas. But they all pass eventually. You'll never be passe. Hip hooray. You're timeless to me. Timeless to me. 